Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And here we are after an absolutely crazy weekend. Boxhead, how are you feeling today? Uh, yeah. Had our, obviously our game yesterday and then a lot of video and review and training again tonight. So, yeah. The uh, cycle of rugby league rolls on. Mm. It's a different week for us this week. Tonight we will talk about the origin teams, and then we'll review the round that's just gone. We obviously have no NRL action this coming weekend. Um, we've basically just skipped over the set of six because we're going to have a second podcast at the back end of the week where we'll preview origin game two in depth, break it down, um, give our thoughts on the game, and then we'll have a talk about the rep round and some of the international games, the women's origin. There's uh, also a game Thursday night, which I'm excited for, which is the under-19s, New South Wales versus Queensland. So... Still lots of football this weekend, but yes, we'll be back at the back end of the week uh, to break things down a bit more. But I had a few people messages asking about what happened yesterday and why the crazy score, but it it was a very good day. We got uh, a win in both grades, but the cup game in particular was insanity. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, we led 12-0 and then... um the Dragons had six sets of six in a row and scored five tries. It was 26-12. So. Uh, and then we scored two crazy tries before half-time. And it was, yeah, 26-22, I think, at half-time. And, and the Dragons come out and scored first in the second half. And uh, then the game seemed to settle down a little bit. And, uh, yeah, we managed to come away with a win. It's Yeah, it's a good reward for, for that group of guys because they've, you know, obviously before I took over, they were... They only won round one. They they'd lost eight in a row. And, uh, we lost to Newtown, so that was nine in a row in my first game. And then we sort of got the monkey off our back against um, against Blacktown, and then uh, we got whacked against Power, obviously because they, they dropped back a lot of NRL players, and we they just outclassed us that night. We didn't play real well. And last week was a game we probably should have won against North. We uh, certainly had our chances, but our discipline let us down. But yeah, yesterday was. It's certainly the weirdest game I've ever coached. Uh, and, it, yeah, it's one of the craziest games I've ever seen. To think you concede 40 and still win is... <laughs> yeah, it's craziness. Like, but in saying that, like a lot of people I've spoken to today, like, the Dragons played good footy to, to score those points. Like, they weren't... They weren't shit tries. They were... It was it was good footy. And, uh, you know, they had 15 guys that are, have either played NRL or are contracted to the NRL side in their, um, in their team. We only had one um, who's currently contracted and another two that have got NRL experience in Brad Abbey. And, 
um, in Kim Simona. So, yeah, from that perspective, it was a huge win for the club. And, yeah, it was certainly a crazy, crazy, crazy game. But, uh, yeah, Brad Abbey kicked a 30-metre field goal to, to seal it up. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're just happy. They're happy at the moment. They're, they're playing good footy. We're, you know, we're certainly playing a different style to what Mick uh, had him playing. And uh, it seems to have, yeah... A change sometimes as good as a holiday. You can see what what's happened with you know Mick going to the dogs. They've, they've won two on the bounce, so um, yeah, it's all, all positive. And we've got a week off this week. We've got a catch up Massey game on on Friday, and a week off for the Cup boys. So uh, and then we we go nine on the bounce to to finish the year off. So. Uh, obviously, yeah, there's been, there hasn't been actually a lot made of sort of our situation. Like, uh, you know, I know Phil Gould sort of said that he feels sorry for he felt sorry for Mick prior to calling him up as interim coach because essentially we had a two-year deal with the Bulldogs and they, yeah, tried to try to get out of the deal because they put their own New South Wales Cup in, but it's just it's left us very very short uh, in terms of players that they're dropping back and. It's just opened up a lot of opportunities for you know our part-time players who are doing a magnificent job. And realistically, NRL scouts should be looking at our guys because they're on the tools five days a week. They're training three nights a week, and they're going out and they're beating NRL quality sides on the weekend or NRL squad quality sides on on the weekend. So yeah, you think about what some of the guys we've got could do if they if they got into a top thirty and were able to focus on footy full time. They I think a lot of them would certainly make a fist of it. So, uh, yeah, I'd encourage anyone listening that's in recruitment retention to, to have a really good look at some of our video and look at some of the players we've, we've got there because we've, we've certainly got some really, really good parts of our players who I think could could develop into nice um, top 30 players if they were given the opportunity, that's for sure. Mm. This is a point I've made over the years plenty of times and especially commentating some New South Wales Cup. There's some guys I watch bounce around for a couple of years and just wonder why they never get an opportunity and then you see some people who have 10 year careers who barely ever fucking play a game barely ever get a look in but they just keep getting opportunities in top 30s it's like you know there's a certain got to be surely a certain shelf life where you look at someone and go okay he's not showing what he needs to be showing or we've given five or six pre-seasons or he's been to three or four clubs clearly you know it's not working for a reason, but when you've got these guys that are grinding away that they look at and go, oh, you know, but he's down there playing that and he hasn't been there, it's like, well, is a perfect example. I watched him for plenty of years there and he bounced to three or four clubs and I thought, man, he goes pretty good and no one's really looked at him. And I know the minutes aren't huge at Parramatta, but like now the bloke's 28, 29, he's finally got an opportunity. It's probably later than what it should have been, but once they brought him in last year, all of a sudden he's got a two-year contract. Yeah. There's plenty of those guys floating around in there if they look hard enough. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah, but you also need to look at the situation. Like, how much upside is in in some players? Like, some guys have, have already getting. Like I said, they're, they're training full time. They're in a squad. They're, you know, they're getting an RL coaching. And we're, we've we've got guys who are part time footballers going out and beating full time footballers. Yeah. So there's a lot to be said for that. Mm. Like you said, upside, age, stage where they're at, if they're doing that without a full-time setup, what they could do with a full-time setup. So, yeah, good results. Yeah, it was a good, it's a good win. Like, personally, it's, it hasn't surprised me because I, they, they've competed in every game apart from, you know, when we got 
outclassed by Penrith early on in the year. And they're again, they're, they've got a, a New South Wales Cup side full of potential first graders. And then, you know, we got outclassed against Parramatta with only 35% of the ball, which which we did to ourselves. There's no excuse there. But, you know, we got we got uh, outclassed 38-0 to Parramatta, who dropped back a stack of... Well, they essentially dropped back um, their NRL bench and Sevo and a few guys that they were looking to bring bring back into the NRL team. So, yeah, the two times we've been we've been touched up, they haven't been by mugs, they've been by good footy sides and everyone else we've competed with or, or beaten, so... Yeah, we're just yeah. A lot of people are, you know, poor Manny's poor. We feel sorry for Manny's. We don't need anyone to feel sorry for us, because realistically, you got, you know, you got thirty blokes there, forty blokes there who all want to play in New South Wales Cup, and who are we are being inhibited by, our all players dropping back in. So the opportunities at the club this year are enormous for these for these part time players. They're getting the best exposure they could ever possibly hope for. And it's also a situation, like we've said before, for a lot of people, if, if you're ever on the fringe or you've ever wanted to play, the way things worked out, disappointing in the club circumstances, like we said, when you do sign a deal or you're waiting for people to come back, but for the guys that are there, the opportunities would have been few and far between if you were getting 10 NRL plays every week. So, yeah, that's you, right. A you, lot of those guys that are playing in South Wales Cup will be playing Ron Massey Cup. So if there was ever a time to put yourself out there, it, it's uh, certainly been the year for it, that's for sure. Yeah. But moving on from that, it was a great weekend, but we'll jump in. As I said, we'll talk about those origin teams and then we'll run through the games from the weekend and that'll pretty much sum us up for tonight until we come back later in the week. But the Queensland team, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. The only changes they made were forced. Obviously, Xavier Coates uh, played on for about five or ten minutes, had surgery on that ankle. He's been replaced by Murray Tuolagi. For me, that's a big plus. You're getting a guy, like I said a couple of weeks ago, who is excellent in yardage, great under the high ball. You now have the natural left-hand combination between him and Valentine Holmes, which is why I wanted him there initially. Um, He's good at contesting as well and attacking yardage, and he has, I think, two to three times more offloads than any other winger in the competition. So strong in all those areas, and I think, if anything, it's an upgrade. And the other one, Cotter, Unfortunately, the hamstring injury the other night, cruel after his debut and how good he was and missing the last few years with some bad injuries. Um, But again, great situation for them. Collins moves up to start. Tino moves to 13, who played huge minutes. And on the bench, they bring back Arrow, who's obviously played pretty well previously in that arena. And in terms of their squad um, and their fringe players that they had, they made a couple of additions. Corey Oates is in for more and Reese Walsh and Flegler and Deirdre are still there. So essentially with their extended squad going over to Perth, if anything goes wrong, Deirdre covers halves hooker. Flegler's another middle who could possibly play edge. Oates for a wing. For more, could play middle and edge. And you've got Walsh there who could play one or six. So any thoughts? Any surprise? I'm not surprised. I'm... No, I'm not surprised at all. Not surprised at all, I... Yeah, I think to be to be expected, really. Yeah, I, no, none really shocks me. I, I would have given some thought to Flegler, but I can understand why they've gone for Arrow. Yeah, well, Arrow's been there before, so that's always the fallback, isn't it? Oh, he's been there before. He's done the job. Yeah, we'll go with him. Mm. So. so I think, in terms, like I said, of going in depth of what they're going to do, we don't need to do that tonight, but. 
their situation, I thought, was straightforward. I'm not surprised by what they've done. Um, and, yeah, in particular, the Lungi one, I, I really thought he would have been there for game one. I would have had him there for game one. So I, I think, if anything, that's that's a big tick. But Cotter was great. But New South Wales on the other side, seven changes overall to the 22-man squad. Jack was obviously ruled out because of COVID. Tarek Sims, though, was dropped. Madison, after one game, dropped. Regan Campbell-Gillard, his second game, dropped. And Katoni Staggs debuted, injured, and dropped. So the changes there, 1-7, to seven, I'm happy, because I said game one, basically, that I just would have went all in on the Penrith idea, and I thought they were half-pregnant game one. So you've now got Burton in the centres with Crichton. So you've got those edge combinations uh, that we talked about. They've stuck with their wings. Obviously, you know who the halves are. The hooker situation would have done it game one or at least had both of them there. They've gone all in there. Coruscant's going to start cook off the bench in terms of how the minute breakdown works. I don't know, but I'd like to think it would at least be 50, 55 minutes for Coruscant and only a maybe transition stint for Cook at the back end of the half and early into the, the second half. Um, and then on the flip side of that, the forward pack, Murray moves in to replace Sims. Yo needs to play 80. Uh, but I do not agree with the middle move. So I know I think Dave White messaged earlier saying he pretty much picked our team. Well, I'd agree with the backline side of things, but not the forward pack. Um, I don't agree with Jake coming back in. I think most people, unless you're a Manly fan, pretty much know my feelings towards that. McLean, his form has been outstanding, but I don't understand the upside of bringing in a 30, 31-year-old prop at this point in time and even dropping out of the squad, even if he wasn't in the 17, a guy like Campbell Gillard or a Madison for the fact we're travelling. Campbell Gillard going out of the side has genuinely shocked me. Yeah. I may, I, yeah, I may be reading the situation completely wrong, but I thought he was our best middle in the opening stint in game one, and I thought Freddie put him on too late at the back end. That, that was That's just my humble. Hmm. And again, I did I did that review, like I said to you, the second time, because then the commentators blamed him for one or two misses. It was Tarek Sims three times who got done by Cherry Evans. One of them they blamed RCG, but it wasn't him. It was on the outside. It was the inside of Tarek. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't understand, again, giving guys one game and then throwing them in the bin. Uh, they, they basically made it look like they'd moved on from Jake, who his role, and this is the thing, people just say, oh, you just don't like him. It's, that's not the case, like, you're playing him as a prop when you want leg speed, impact, and quick play the balls. He doesn't have a great carry. He doesn't have great leg speed. He doesn't affect or bend the line back, and he doesn't get quick play the balls. We don't need someone to handle the ball and ball play. That's Yo's role. I said it last year that I worried that he would tamper and interfere and get his hands in there, like play like his role if he has one in this game. Looking at the way we've picked our middles, which is my other little worry, is I now think we're probably a middle short because by the way you look at the one to seventeen now. The fact he's gone with Talakai uh, in there with Angus Crichton and Paulo only, and Cook suggests that obviously Paulo's a clear swap for one of them, but Talakai or Crichton are probably going to have to play middle more likely Talakai, and Crichton may push Murray into a middle role if they want to give Yo, say, 10, 15 minutes off. But again, my, my aim, and I disagreed with Gus in particular, who said they were two Penrith in game one, which I don't think they were. I think they were half pregnant. You have Cook who does the opposite of what Coruscant does. You've got Tedesco, who you know sort of fits in the Edwards mould that he can float around and pick his moments. But if you're going to fully commit to getting the Penrith guys in, I think they've done it right this time. But I still think we could have done probably a better job with 
one or two of the middle selections, and I still would have preferred to have a Kalama Tungi at least in the squad. So, yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't have had Jake, but I understand why they've why they've done it. Mm. You know, they feel like he's a he's an Origin player. I guess is that term they use. So, yeah, let's see how it goes. He's made his bed now. He's got to lay in it. Uh, I would have I would have kept RCG and, and Madison. I like. And Madison actually moved in and started at lock for the Eels on the weekend, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, so... Mm. Well, and even again... They, like... they used him more as a... My issue is they used him more as a prop, not as a 13. He's not a prop. Like, you put him on as a... You want him to do a front row's job, well, you pick the wrong player. If you want someone to do a front row's job, then pick a front row. Well, even again, just out and out, I would have had either of those guys before... Jake and at least off the bench and yeah uh, yeah I don't know but in particular Campbell Gillard and then the extended squad I had no problem with Swally being there again he's just getting better and better every week the Gutherson one sort of confused me Radley off a long term injury in that squad really surprised me and again the fact we're going over to Perth if there's any more COVID breakouts or any other issue you'd basically now if you lost a middle you'd have to commit to McLean or Radley yeah uh, I, that for that reason, this time around, I was like, well, now's the time I would have taken somebody like a Frizzell over there because he covers middle and edge. So if you did have an yeah. issue pop up last minute, I would have happily thrown him in the in the 17. Or a yeah. Madison again, who can cover middle and edge. But that was more people today going, oh, why would you pick them? I'm not looking at it in terms of, oh, yeah, squad experience, this, that, and the other. My vision is purely you are heading to Perth. If anything went wrong injury-wise or you had a COVID or an illness, I want to know that every single person I'm there, I'm happy to play. Um, and I'm not, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah if you ended up with Swalian, no problems. But Radley, no. McLean, I would have kept the other two guys over him that got dropped, let alone over Jake. And the Gutherson one, well, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have had him full stop. Like, you're going to use Nico or someone else in one of those roles. But um, as long as they fully commit, as far as I'm concerned, to the Penrith side of things this time, with Yo, Arpy, the spine, we've obviously got the edges. I've got no concerns about Burton. People argue about that. And the Crichton or the Stags thing, like game one, I just would have gone all out with it. I, I like Stags. I do. I, I get he's probably more aggressive than what people prefer uh, in a Burton, but I also think he can float in and out of games. I think Burton got centre of the year for a reason. Things are simplified when he plays centre. It highlights the best part of his game, which is running. Um, he'll be comfortable with Luai there. And then the other side of the field, we obviously know who's going to be there. Crichton. It can also give us a huge boot. Potential kicking game as well. Yeah. Which I like. Like we can play play to a bit of shape and then kick. Mm. Or he can, he can just give you that massive monster boot that he, he was using either either for an attacking bomb or just a kick out of our own end. Yeah, out of danger. Mm. And you've also got a natural halves option within your team. I, think, yeah, I agree with you. I, think, I just like what he gives us from a running perspective. There's no reason why he can't just play that Tom Trebojevic style and just float. Well, and again, like you've got, we always talked about natural combinations, which is why. He, he can, he's played in multiple positions. He just let him float. Yeah, and he doesn't have the stress of what he's got at the Bulldogs. Like, of course, his form is going to dip without the players he had around him. And I said that myself. He's feeling the difference between playing with quality and being on your own. Like, he can still do things on his own, but there's a lot more responsibility. He's essentially playing as a seven, which he's not. When he plays centre, it highlights the best parts of his game. He just runs, simplifies things. He's a great catch and pass. He can sum up short sides, and, yeah, you've got an extra kick option. But naturally now, like we said, we've got a half option. 
Um, you know, the hooker situation. Then you've got Crichton. Crichton can play middle, can play edge, can push out to the centres. Talakai can play middle, can play back row, can play centres. So, like, that, that sort of versatility I've got no problem with. I just look at that one person in Jake, though, or the extra middle. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I still would have stuck with a Madison or RCG over him. Yeah. If you're going to go with the mobile bench, which I don't have a problem with. They sort of did that with their team. Um, especially off the bench, it proved a masterstroke, but it also... A little bit feels like, and I'm not saying it feels like 100%. I can understand the changes, but it almost feels like, all right, they had two goods, they had a mobile bench. We've almost just matched exactly what they've yeah, done. Yeah, we, we've, we've done that throughout the history of Origin. We just fall straight into these traps. So I think some positives, but yeah, the few middle changes I disagreed with. The extra backline moves and a couple other spots, I was sort of like, yep. But Jake, some of the fringe guys, just in case anything went wrong and probably one more middle... I would have considered. Yes. Um, but we'll go more in depth later in the week. But like I said, there was obviously a lot more to speak about in terms of New South Wales with seven squad changes and more ramifications rather than Queensland, you know, two force changes and pretty easy souls. Probably an upgrade, like I said, in my opinion, on the wing and then a guy who's done the job before um, in terms of arrow. So I think yeah. they'll be feeling pretty comfortable with where they're at and um, the guys he's rolled in again cover all spots for them and gives more experience to a couple of guys in for more and Walsh. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, later in the week, we'll get a lot more in-depth on that. But let's jump into the reviews of these games from the weekend, starting off with uh, the South Dragons game, 31-12. to And all I can say is, what the fuck was that from South? That was, well, that was pretty abhorrent. They just got jumped, didn't they? And out in twos. Well, um, you're, you're a smart... You just, yeah, you can't, you can't turn up and not not do those fundamental things well. And they didn't tackle well. Their discipline was poor. They had no patience when they had the ball. And the scoreboard just just got lit up, didn't it, really? It was, yeah, it was an embarrassing for us after footy from South. Mate, by the 30th minute, the possession was 90 to 10, and it was half their own doing. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, right, yeah. It wasn't just ill-discipline. Like, some of the errors they had were fucking abhorrent, but... You're the smarter one of me and you, and I'm. I'm I, I disagreed with what Demetrio did. I wouldn't have pulled Ilias. Um, but what's your opinion? What was his What was his public reasoning? Well, just saying that he didn't deserve to be a part of that. I'm like, okay. Well, I'm sure he doesn't feel. That's a nice smother. And then yeah, you're gonna nice you're gonna play him. He's gonna commit to him as he did. And he's gonna keep playing him. I'm like, well, you know. If I'm him, and again, I know you can say what you want afterwards, or he would have talked to him, or he's come out that way, and he's. Clearly committed to him, but when I've got Cody Walker throwing shit passes on the ground and trying to fight someone every five seconds, I've got Damian Cook throwing him into the fences and not being able to land it on the mark. I've got Murray missing tackles, and the first person I make accountable is the one with the least seniority and the least experience. Oh, that disappointed me. That's the first time I've sort of sat there and thought I completely disagree with Demetria. Yeah, I disagree with it as well. Um, Part of the player's development is to learn how to play in games like that. Well, that, that's and the one time... You, you, yeah. learn those lessons about, okay, so how do we stem the tide here? How do we get out of this situation? How do I... You know, how, how do we play when we're behind by a significant amount of points and... Yeah, I, I didn't see the positive in taking him out of the game. No, because... I'm sure, I'm sure Demetrio would have his reasons and he's entitled just like we are to, to have our opinion. But Yeah. 
He'd have his reasons, definitely. And so. he, he's still your best seven option moving forward, which is why I didn't understand it. Like you got Nick. Well, we're going to see. We're going to see the the impact on it over the next month, like whether it actually helps or hinders him. Hmm. Or how? Yeah. Performances really. Or how he takes it, because I'm sure he's resilient. That's, that's, but more what I'm, that's more what I'm alluding to. Yeah. I just didn't agree with it, um, given the circumstances. So I'm like, you, you got a couple other guys there, in particular Walker's year in general, who still. Oh, I get people have brought up a million things. Oh, he's missing Latrell. He's missing Wayne. This, that, and the other. Well, the fucking fact of the matter is, you're there. You're getting paid good money. You've got a guy that it's, I think been doing a pretty bloody good job um, inside you. And I think week to week, he, his temperament in particular, or just his attitude this year, is just well off the mark for a guy who's played NRL for long enough now. He's getting into his thirties. He should be leading from the front and being the one setting the example. But I think they've they've been the most disappointing between him and Cook and yeah. any shots you want to take at Ilias. And, you know, you might go back and listen to what I said that I agreed with what they've done and they built for the future and think I've got a bias. But I really don't. I don't give a fuck. I don't support South. I'm not the South Sydney club. But if I'm paying almost 900000 to my hooker and I'm paying big money for Cody and I want to extend him and part of the other reasoning behind the Reynolds move was because we needed money to also go to him, I'm very disappointed with my senior players at this point in time. And I don't yeah. think they've supported the seven well enough. Yeah, agree. So that's my opinion. I definitely think Latrell will make a difference when he gets back. Um, I do agree with Demetrio. On the flip side of that, we talk about decisions to basically tell New South Wales to piss off after next to no football, spending the extra money to get him rehabbed and getting ready to go, and basically telling him you can't have him. Like if, if I'm South and he's barely played three games or four games and missed 10 weeks, missed the whole off-season, got suspended last year. There's no way I'm letting New South Wales pick him. Yeah, I agree. So I disagree with him on one part. I agree with him on the other part. But Dragons, full credit. Um, this logjam just gets more and more interesting. These teams in this logjam, no one can seem to take advantage. Anytime it seems like someone's going to try and solidify themselves, they drop the ball and they, they're beating one another. So... Ben Hunt was outstanding again. Andrew McCulloch, I may have had my opinions, like I said, that I think he's a first grader, but no longer a starting nine. 300 games is a huge achievement, in particular with the injuries he sustained the last few years. So congratulations to him. I think he's the 43rd or 44th person to play 300 games, which is massive in one of the most difficult positions. Um, And their forward pack was just outstanding. Sewer had a bean, his bonnet, Laurie, a lot of people bag him out, but he just does his job. I thought they had great leg speed and basically did what we spoke about the week before, what I want to see moving forward. Um, getting rid of some of those blokes like your Woods and that who had limited minutes with Sims and DeBellin and those guys playing through the middle. They looked a lot more mobile, a lot more dangerous. And a moan also is, again, similar to Ilias, looking more comfortable, certainly contributed a lot more the other night uh, to Ben Hunt and his impact on the game. And the moment where he sort of set up on Murray a few times and then he ran and got outside him, um, there, there's some real good signs there. Definitely. So, huge Definitely. win. No, they, they played a yeah, good brand of footy, the Dragons. Mm, huge win. I saw some of that yesterday. Like, the way they attacked and the speed that they played up for times against us yesterday was just extremely difficult to handle. Mm, and we, we saw the positive yesterday, as we've talked about, of your your Sullivans and, and your Sloans and what they can bring in attack because what, what they were doing yesterday was certainly high quality, especially on that side of the ball. Surely there's some defensive things to clean up and Sloan obviously needs to put a weight on a mature and you forget that he's 19, but my God, they are quality when it comes to the offensive side of the game. So, uh, I, I, again, I would like to see more of him in, in first grade, but um, it's his prerogative, that's his direction, but 
just a few more guys in that forward pack to add to that rotation. And I know Tarek's leaving, but the way forward was shown there, getting more leg speed through your middle of the way the game's going. They need to make some recruitment decisions, I think, for next year, mainly for their forward pack, because I've repeated myself over and over again. One to seven, they look pretty good. And Hunt and the guys you've got there, if you can figure out however you want, but they need more more leg speed starting and they need more impact off the bench. But great result, drags themselves back into that log jam and um, there's some matches head-to-head between a lot of these sides moving forward. Dragons and Canberra play twice there in that log jam. I think the Roosters are involved in another game there, so that battle is just going to continue all the way from 7th, I think, down to 11th. Now there's five teams all on seven wins. Yeah, so, it's a nice little cluster, isn't it? Mm, something to enjoy, um, even though we know the top end's pretty much settled for the rest of the year. That, that's going to be, I, I guess, the most entertaining thing to see how those last two spots pan out. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys, Dragons. Oh, sorry, not Cowboys, Dragons. What am I talking about? I'm looking at the bloody wrong week. There you go. Different piece of paper, that's why. Manly, Cowboys, sorry. This game, crazy. Watched it after the fact. You can see still a bit of the clunkiness in Manly. Like when Tommy's not there, things don't look as smooth and attack. They seem to... I don't know, get get out of a lot of things or create a lot of things just off individual moments, whether it's like an Olaquatu bump or an offload or, or some second phase. But a lot of their shift plays, a lot of their set plays, just seems to break down. Um, they scored a lot of times off second kicks. The old saying, beware the second kick, was certainly the case the other night. Like old, old Lockie Croker put one in, scored off another couple, kicked one for himself, sort of got the Cowboys a few times off that. So it wasn't really systematic things that broke down the Cowboys or uh, what they'd be disappointed with. There was there was one disappointing try, um, the long-distance one that happened off Garrick where the marker shut down on the short side. But for Manly, that one really hurts because, again, being in that log jam, losing the players they've had, getting a couple of positive results in the last seven minutes to just concede three tries the way they did, in particular the last one, um, huge effort. I'm, I'm going to have to give a wrap. Drink water, the inside pressure from the scrum, with DC's back turn is what forced that error and Val Holmes run after it was just incredible yeah it, it, it did it looked over it looked over like Lockman Croker went bang 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 and then what the Cowboys did was um, unbelievable what they did mm. I, I, I disagree with one of the tries they got during that period though where the bunker said that Robson uh, 10 metres for Nenai is that the one yeah I, like, how do you how do you figure that how do you figure that he ran 10 metres I thought it was the wrong call, but yeah, in, in the end, Manly. That's that's an, yeah one of the all-time jokes, really, to, mm. to cough up three tries as quickly as they did and give up your perfect home record in that fashion. It's gonna yeah that that result may come back to bite them at the end of the year. And that's definitely one where again you're looking at it going if we can we need to jag one of these to probably really solidify our spot in that yeah. jam, and you get them without Cotter. You have a three-score lead, um, 14 up, and that happens. That, that's heartbreaking. And um, Yeah, oh, he, he's very, very good. And again, I think we forget that he's 18. Defensively, he's got a lot to work on. And I'm talking about Jeremiah Nenai, but some of the moments he comes up with for an 18-year-old kid, his nose for the kick, the one that he snuffed out off the error is just an effort play. The one you just talked about, again, he wins another kick contest. The try where they shifted to the left side of the field and... They play short for Val Holmes, who busted Kohler's inside shoulder. He came up with the first offload that led to the shift coast to coast. Like sometimes I look at him and I just forget. I'm thinking he's been playing for three or four years. He, he's 18 years old. 
Yeah. Um, definitely, like I said, a bit to do with defence. He missed five or six tackles again, but you can't question the talent of the bloke. Um, he's a really good football player, but great comp- contributions all around. Hiku, again, has been a great buy for them. I thought Torlangi impact again in terms of yardage, his offloads. Tamalolo just got better and better as the years gone on, but it was a real gritty team winner. I think a real point of difference for them also, second phase, they had 17 offloads to five. The amount of times... They sort of broke Manly down by getting offloads and making them make repeat efforts. Um, really played a part in a lot of those tries. And on the flip side, Ruben Garrick's made a fist of playing fullback. Um, you know, he doesn't have all the natural talents in the world, but I think he had a really good game. Croker obviously had a really good night, and DC kicked pretty well. But um, oh, poor old Jason Saab didn't have a great night. I think he got marked down for eight errors on his own. So obviously some of those are in kick contest, yards carrying, but yeah, when you've got eight total on your on your rap sheet, that's not exactly great. <laughs> no, it's not. No, and that, that was the thing, discipline, and it just gifted the Cowboys and having you back into the game, didn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know. Something sort of just missing there. Like I said, they they get a lot of things out of individual brilliance, whether it be an offload or a tackle break, but in terms of their set stuff or their shifts. Still a bit clunky. Oh, Tom's obviously a, a, a crucial part of what, you know, sort of greases the wheels for them in a lot of ways, but you'd still think with DC, Foreign, Croker's been there long enough now that they could sort of work things out a little bit more in terms of their set pieces or, you know, a lot of their shift plays. Yeah. But Cowboys, again, said it a few times about basically four-point games. That's another huge win given, you know, where they were at, the hole they were in, losing Cotter before kickoff and to find a way to win that, that's, uh, that's massive. Yeah. So, great result for them. Storm Broncos. um, I thought Broncos gave a very, very good account. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market themselves and I don't want to sound like a homer again but I think a lot of people are still not giving enough credit to Melbourne and who they're missing like all I heard the other night is oh there's no Reynolds and you know Pakes is out and Gamble like I, I think those guys are solid but they're more part-timers like Herbie's a decent out um, you know but you forget that Melbourne lost Welch in the first couple of games Pappenhausen's not playing Grant Anderson was getting a couple of games training he's now played the last two Meany was in and out for the wing spot, now playing at fullback and doing the job he's doing. Um, right, they're, they're missing some pretty handy players as well and are obviously getting the job done. Um, you know, Coates missing as well, so the majority of their back line. But I, I thought this was a good account of where Brisbane have got to because if this was Brisbane a couple of years ago and you take out somebody like Reynolds or a couple of these guys, they just would have went to water. Um, tough. But absolutely kept on fighting. I, I was impressed with Mam. First game uh, there, like Gamble was a better steering wheel. And I know he played with Roberts, so that would have helped uh, for some Queensland Cup stuff. And he was pretty steady considering he hasn't played in the NRL for a couple of years. But Mam, again, is, is all go. And that combination with Reynolds is only going to get better. He brings that sort of X factor or that bit more creating a tacti- activity that a Cody Walker does. So that naturally is a really good pairing. But 
Um, the key for them, again, I thought was those those three forwards, that trio that have just emerged after getting a couple of seasons under the belt and going through those hard times. Carrigan was great again. Haas was busy. And Flegler obviously made a decent contribution. And um, Oates, I think, after a couple of hard years, you, you probably can't say enough about where he's at right now. I know he he's hasn't... Yeah, they haven't signed him yet. Uh, I'm really surprised, and I said it, that I, I thought that'd be one of the first people that Wayne would have got even before he had the season that he's had. But I'm sure there's a couple other clubs out there. If you're looking for somebody... You know, not not mega bucks at this point. He's obviously getting cl- closer to the back end, but you can still pay solid money for Corey Oates and, and get value. I think definitely, definitely, particularly if he's healthy and playing the way he is. Mm. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, definitely some good signs there. That's some key players. Put Reynolds back in. Uh, you know, Herbie's obviously looking a, a bit longer term. Somebody who's not really available for now, but. With those forwards, him helping build things up with Mam Martin, like we said, his contribution being highly underrated. Um, and, yeah, obviously, you know, Stags only got that one game of origin experience, but that's certainly going to be some sort of confidence boost to know that he got to that level. Cobo, etc. Uh, really good building blocks for them. But they threw some punches. They got themselves in the lead. But Melbourne, uh, I, I said it a few times before, and, again, I know people probably think, there's a bit of a Munster bias with what's going on with all the Braith stuff, but I think Hughes is as important to Munster as anybody is, and you probably saw that the few weeks he wasn't there. And I, I think for Melbourne, he's certainly now uh, the brain of that football team and the patience and the calm that probably Cameron Smith used to be. Yeah. He's uh, very, very important to that team, and he, he was outstanding the other night. Yep. They were just, yeah, clinical and did what they needed to do, and there are a few times there that the Broncos certainly put it to them, which is a credit, as you said, to the, to the Broncos. Mm. And no surprise, they targeted that edge, which is makeshift. Sevo had a good game last week, but again, he's only played a handful of games. He's a, on a development contract. Him and Anderson, uh, it's, it's a tough gig, but they went after him. They got some love a few times there. They got Melbourne on the counter, but Melbourne in the end, reeling back in, led by Jerome Hughes. Meany, I think, I think like I said, has made a real fist of that opportunity, and um, you know, Harry Nelson being back in for a second game was good. And Tui Kamakamika, 50 minutes plus, scored a nice try. And they're building him up, obviously, knowing they're probably going to need him in case Welch doesn't get back. But the one for me, and I said this to you, Brandon Smith, certainly uh, only using him when they have to. Like, I'm not saying they're icing him because he's going next year, but they're certainly making sure they get the most out of everyone they know is going to be there. He only played 30 minutes. So uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see at the back end of the year when we need all hands on deck. And if we don't get back Welch, like it says season over, but he's still saying there's a possibility, depending on the rehab, that he might be back. Remus will definitely get back. Pap was due back until he got COVID. So there's some troops on the way. Uh, Coates is still going to be another six yeah, weeks. Yeah, they'll, um, they'll be fresh and, and tested. But, uh, fresh and rested mm. tested. I'd really like to think, you know, that we. I think we need Smith at the back end, especially if we're not going to get Welch back for that middle rotation. But we'll see what happens from there. Sharks, Titans, uh, this was ugly. It really was. Like, full credit to the Sharks for getting it done, but, yeah, you want to do it the hard way, 16 errors. Yeah, it was a horrible game Yeah, 60% completion rate. Um, it was pretty hard to watch. And, you know, early on they busted them a couple of times pretty easily got the 10-0 and I thought from there oh this is going to be a cricket score but 
credit to your mob, they were gritty. Uh, they found a way back into it, got themselves to 10-all. That The second half was was very ugly. It wasn't that great to watch. They find a try there um, and obviously kicked the penalty goal. But, yeah, it, it wasn't a great watch. No, I don't have anything to say about this game. <laughs> it was awful. I think the only thing I will say, because, again, there's not a lot of positives to take out of it, is the Sharks found a way to win. They needed to make sure they did, and I've said it a few times now, this is a real period for them to solidify not only the eight, I think the eight's a guarantee, but the top four, as I said to you. Nico's only 18th. I know Talakai's in, but they've got Talakai on rep round, so he gets a full week turnaround, which doesn't really affect them. Um, they've got Melbourne without their players next time. I think off the back of it, they play somebody else who's got, I think it might have been the Cowboys they're going to play on the short turnaround from the third game. So they're going to have, you know, four or five guys that have been affected. This is really a time for them to make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> So they've got themselves in the four. I regard this game as a Jared Wallace is going to the Dolphins. Honestly. <laughs> I don't hear him making a dumb captain's challenge or make an excuse for something by whinging and bitching to the referee. Just play better, man. Yeah. Honestly. It's infuriating to watch them at the moment. I don't know how Justin Holbrook's doing it. Nah, Nick, you say it every week. Defence is the main thing in 45. Well, this week they only conceded 18, didn't they, this week? So yeah. Really, it's a game you should have won. Yeah. Um, still, again, in terms of... Probably the our lowest points conceded for the year. I, I don't know that. I, I wouldn't know, but... No, nah, Tigers game. Well, there you go. The yeah, 6-4 right. game. The worst, the worst game of the season. It was horrendous. Uh, but Tino again is just a standout. Well, we motherless last, aren't we? On our own. Nah, Tigers are technically last without the bye. But you guys are there pretty lonely on your own now. Yeah, us and the Tigers, three wins. Newcastle and Dogs. Really, really, the Tigers should have won that game against us. Should have. Apart from the post. So really, we should only have two wins. So I don't know if they play each other, but Spoonball. We might have another Spoonball. It's, it's serious, seriously. Yeah. Um, they had a clear mission to get at Sexton. They attacked his inside-outside shoulders, put pressure on the defenders around him. Moylan got love a couple of times. Um, there were some shapes that they ran, but obviously they've got a little bit to work on, and we've talked about this before. When you start off with a brand-new team and no-one's got video and things worked for four to six weeks, it seems like people are a little bit more on top of what they're doing now. I think they're missing a guy like Ueli. I know they got Dale back on the weekend, but their middles haven't been as effective when they're still trying to shift a lot and play a lot of shape, so that's probably something they need to work on. Um, but, yeah, Cronulla, again, still in a good situation considering most of the unaffected bar Talakai and Nico's obviously 18th again, but this is a real good period for them. But for the Titans, um, yeah, Tino, again, was absolutely outstanding. I think Brimson had some good moments. Uh, missed out on one late in the game there, grounding the ball. Um, but overall, I don't really know what to say. Holbrook... Himself looks like he's ready for a holiday. I think he needs one. Yeah, I'll go with him. Mm. So, yeah, it's been a rough, rough year. The next oh, game, cool. yeah, the next game doesn't really need a whole lot. Uh, I can sum it up pretty easily. Panthers forty to six. They never really got out of second gear either, which is the scary part. Yeah. Um, this one, I think, again, stamp was put on by all the guys you'd expect it to. The halves had their hands on everything. Edwards continues to play above everyone's expectations. The edges were outstanding. Critter 
and Tyler had a field day. Mays finish. The pack did their job. Yo had a great night. They were all great, but I look at this simply. The Warriors, it's been another tough year. I don't care what anyone says. I know they're set up now and they've got some family, uh, you know, their kids or their wives and that, but they're still away from home. They're still not where they should be. They're not playing in front of their fans. They're not around all their family and friends. They've lost players. They've lost the coach. They've had two coaches in the last couple of seasons, and this was unfortunately a sad ending to their time at Redcliffe who have shown pretty good support. Um, but for the Warriors, I think they'd be very, very happy to know that they're now heading home. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's that changes. It's been a long, 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 tough slog for them. And yeah, I, I get it. I, I get where they're at. And yeah, good. I, I hope things turn around once they are back at home and they can their spirits are lifted a little bit and they can play some good footy in the last, uh, you know, the last third of the year. Mm. Well, even like the Johnson stuff that's been going on, I've been talking about his footy being poor, but... Again, like people calling for retirement or to get rid of him right now. Like you've got a guy who hasn't seen his wife and kid for a while, who's been over in New Zealand, and you're here on your own. Like there's, there's stuff off the field that certainly affects on field. I'm not saying that it all drastically turns around, but there's been some pretty extreme comments the last oh, few weeks. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Like horrible. You, you need to you need to know the full story before you start throwing those sort of remarks around. Um, but I think for a lot of these guys, it's going to be over a thousand days. I think since they've been at Mount Smart or in New Zealand to play a game so um, you know when did this kick off this kicked off 2020 after two rounds and I think both their games were out here and then you've had all of 2021 and now this year push back push back and they're going home round 16 after rep round which is going to be a great reintroduction with New Zealand playing Tonga in the international the week before um and, and very happy for the Warriors, sorry to say for Tigers fans. I'm glad it's the Tigers they're playing first because it's a really good opportunity to get a win. Yeah. And hopefully That's right. a packed house, plenty of emotion, a lot of fire. And uh, again, sorry to those Tigers fans, but I'm hoping for an absolute bloodbath and just a pouring out of emotion when they get home. It'd be great to see after what they've done for the game. And that, that's another thing when people make harsh comments. Just remember what they've done. Um, to make sure that things stayed as they should. And the other comments about, oh, you know, why do we bother having a New Zealand team? It's like, well, again, we have all these comments about support international rugby league and Polynesian players make up a high percentage of our competition. Like, that's just a stupid fucking comment, in my opinion, as to why would we keep, you know, persisting with a New Zealand team. If anything... There'll be another one. That's the point. If anything, we need to do the right things like they were trying to work on before COVID hit and get them playing in the 16s and the 18s and better development, better pathways and tapping in more as they did when they had the under-20s and that sort of set up and expand to the point where we need to have two teams there. Yeah. There's too much talent and we should be doing more to wrestle that talent away from Union or at least take a bigger chunk of it like we did when we had the under-20s or when they started that pathway before COVID came. Yeah. But, um, yeah. For Penrith, one loss by two points to a team that's borderline top four um, I think 14 of their starting 17 are going to be playing a rep round that's no surprise given their form and uh, again I think heading out of this I'm surprised they didn't do it the week before or even this week I'd play some of those fringe guys again just to have more preparation for the back end of the year but they're in a great spot and for the Warriors um, happy they finally get to go home <laughs> yeah Roosters Eels. This was literally a game of two halves. The first half was insane. 
seven tries, some quality football. Then the second half, there was one try um, and sort of fizzled out. And for the Roosters, said it last week, say it again, uh, the hill's only getting harder and harder to climb. They have both the Butcher brothers. They're in that seven log jam, but yeah, on four and against, they're not in. Um, they both, both the Butcher brothers went out of this game with HIAs. Jared didn't play again. Teddy wasn't the greatest. Kira was missing. They certainly did what exactly what we said last week. They went after Walker, that awkward shape of Lane. They tried to isolate him. They did multiple times. He popped two offloads for tries. They obviously had a plan also to drift sideways and know that the back row would jump out and the inside tie-in for the defenders for the Roosters wasn't great. They popped them twice with back rows to those spaces. Two play five shifts. The one where Moses just ran around the outside and chucked back into Gutherson and Reed. Trent Robinson would be filthy on. Um, and I think, again, the only real positives to take out of this is the effort of those that w- were there. Like, Lindsay Collins cops a head knock, comes back on, plays big minutes, makes 47 tackles without a miss. Suwali, again, you forget, is literally an 18-year-old kid. The try he scored, his yardage carries, his ability and his combination with Manu, um, it's outstanding. Satili's line running, I, I know some people thought that pass was forward, but my fucking God, I've said it before, that bloke just runs violently. He's not someone I'd want to have coming at my inside shoulder or directly at me if I was half. Um, but for Parramatta, this is the blueprint of what they wanted to do the week before that they didn't do. When they kicked the front door in first and then play footy off the back of it, they are outstanding. And for Junior Paulo, this pretty much sums up what he needs to do in Origin. Run first, and his offloads came off the damage he did off his carries. He had 200 metres, 100 post contact on top of it, so basically one extra for every two that he carried. He had multiple offloads. Um, it just opened things up for their spine. It got Dylan and even Moses running. The way Dylan sets things up and uses lane and that awkward shape and isolated Walker was great. Uh, Papa Lee on the edge and Madison to 13, I really, really liked. I don't like the fact that they keep persisting with him at 13. I know he wants to play that, and when he gets to the Tigers, he can do that. But for Parramatta, I think Papa Lee's best spot is on the edge of Madison playing at 13. Yeah, absolutely agree. Couldn't agree more. And, yeah, the first half was absolute quality. It's one of the best halves of footy we've probably seen all year. But the second half went into a bit of a grind, didn't it? I felt like the Roosters were going to come and get him at a couple of points there. Like, that Parramatta were able to turn him away and, and keep that score long on a breath and never really looked in trouble. No, nah, this is another one of those games, a bit like talked about the Cowboys one where second phase was just huge they just kept killing them with the extra efforts 100 extra tackles I think they had 20 offloads to 9 um, so a lot of times there getting into contact getting numbers in getting second phase being able to push the football after putting a dent and pushing through and playing through they, they were very effective like Madison come up with two offloads around this world one was like reverse handed without looking and another one he threw going backwards like even that after the weekend, I sort of thought, surely this probably hits home that you keep at least one of these guys with the talk that's been going on, but they both got dropped, which really surprised me. Yeah. So I'm not saying that's the be-all and end-all, but yeah, I thought the way they played in particular after the disappointing week before m- might have... Yeah, I, yeah I, I can't believe it. Mm. But for Parra, this is the frustrating thing. You, you lost to the two worst teams in the comp. You've beat the two top teams in the competition... They obviously lost to the Roosters, did a job on them the other night and showed what they can do. It's just what we talk about again. Can they bring this at the back end of the year? And if they miss the four, can they do it for four weeks? Because that, that's the hard part. 
they constantly leave themselves in that vulnerable position. That's right, yeah. That's right. And they, they cough those games up that they need to win and then they come out and, and handle these elite, elite sides, not comfortably, but they, they certainly go up a cog and play a good, good level of footy. Mm. One, it makes you think, well, they could win it. And then they, they go out against the Leicester side and, you know, they fizz and, and turn up with, you know, a lack of intent. Yeah. Well, the last two games, uh, I'm going to admit, obviously, we're only yesterday. We had a full day at footy with our couple of games, so I've only been able to watch the short version and read a little bit um, after the fact. But the Canberra one, I think, was pretty easy to sum up from the, the, the mini version I watched and reading today. It's, it's a bit of the same old, same old for them. They got themselves in a really good position, got themselves a couple of early tries, tarping his carries and his involvement. Um, and some of those early tries in terms of some ball movement and just what he adds to his game. You know, a couple of simple one-on-one misses for Newcastle. They're in a position where they've bombed a try there and could have been up by 14. Um, And then you get to the point where Whitehead gets put in the bin. They invite Newcastle back into the game. Ponga has a couple of touches there where he puts a kick through for a try. He plays short a couple of times and lays one on for man just before half-time. And they've got a sniff. They've got a real sniff of this game and it takes a couple of real quality defensive plays from Chris and Tarpany to deny them scoring and stealing this one. Then Hudson Young to come up with a play he did where Pong is in the line to ID that nobody's home, put that kick in with a minute and a half from the go as a back row and score the try. Um, yeah, that, that was a pretty bloody handy piece of football. Absolutely, yeah. I, um, I, I caught the minis of, of these two and yeah, it looked like Campbell with a better side, but Newcastle kept finding away and finding away. And yeah, it was just a crazy bit of play, wasn't it, to come up with a win? I think Campbell might have led fourteen nil or twelve nil at one point, and Newcastle called their way back. And yeah, look, look, it was going footy. Yeah, it was pretty loose, uh, but it just—it's again—it's another sum up of Canberra. You get to fourteen zip, you got to go on with it. To almost blow that would have it's just another one of these games by six points or less in the last couple of years, which has just been their calling card. They had the one year where it all went right for them, and obviously it led to a grand final. But the last few years, I don't think anyone's led more at half time and had more losses. So they got away with this one. It would have been a critical blow. But again, pulls them into that log jam after the tough loss the week before against Brisbane, where they had 20 minutes with them basically on the back foot. They couldn't get the job done, but. Their run home, and again, I know draws not everything to go off, but I'm pretty sure they play the Tigers. They've got the Dragons twice, which are critical games, being in that log jam. They've got the Warriors. They've got the Bulldogs. I think they've got one of the best draws on the run home. So it's really in Canberra's hands here what they do. Definitely. Um, It wasn't the greatest start to the year, but the draw has certainly tossed up a real opportunity where if they win those games and get to that magical 12 number that we talk about, which is usually enough to get you to 7th or 8th, they, they should find themselves a spot in those last two places. Yeah. For Newcastle, um, it doesn't get any easier. Late change to bring Clune in. Um, you know, Ponga, like I said, had some moments where he got himself involved. I think Barnett, they had a real purpose there, using him a lot for lead-up plays and trying to play off the back of him. Clemmer was solid again, but, yeah, 26 errors in total. It was a bit messy by both sides and another tough... Tough, heartbreaking loss. Yeah, yeah, tough one. But, yeah, your season's sort of defined by those games, isn't it? Mm. 
you, you find that teams usually either win all of them or win the majority of them or they lose all of them or lose the majority of them across the season, which certainly defines where you end up on the ladder. So Newcastle have had a few of them. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, I'm still interested to see what plays out. Um, I know it's, they've had more long-term injuries than anybody, but I still think they've got enough quality there. They've got some players back now. I don't know where they finish up. I definitely don't see them getting the spoon, but um, I, I think for O'Brien to be safe, they, they still definitely need to win a couple of games at the back end of the year and at least get themselves away from the bottom three or four teams. Um, and then next year, there's still a giant, giant hole there in terms of half. Um, the answer's not Clune. I think he's a good backup. But, you know, Clifford starts the year, then he's not in your team. You've paid Ponga all this money. You need Braley to be healthy, but realistically, they have to find a half solution. Yeah, okay. Um, Elliot's coming. Hetherington's coming. You've got Frizzell. You've got the Saifedis who will both be healthy. You've got Clemmy. You've got Origin quality forwards. You've got Gagai. You've got Best. Young's turned into a good player. Like There's enough there, but they certainly need a steering wheel. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. I don't know if they feel the same way as they did at the start of the year about Brooks and you have John's talking about getting him there and he's working there and the club looked at him and what's going on with the Tigers and if that reset would be good for both sides, I I really don't know after this year or if the person who ends up taking the Tigers job wants Brooks, sees Brooks or the money's on next year, I doubt he's going anywhere or someone's going to have to pay a lot, but um, their options otherwise, I, I don't know. I really don't know. It's a, it's a tough situation. Yeah, it is. Uh, but the last one, Dogs Tigers. Doggies, two in a row. The big upset last week and uh, solidified it this week with a really good second half in particular. But I think for the Tigers, this one was pretty much summed up in the first minute for me. Poor Alex Twile cops a bit of a knock there when he drags Burton to the ground and Burton sort of holds on. I've seen some people react and think he should have been suspended for what happened. I, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, you've gone in and grabbed and they're sort of just holding each other in awkward so then he bangs his head into the ground um, but yeah to KO yourself in minute one of the games generally a, a sign of the things to come and for the Tigers not so much the first half but the second half it certainly was the, the dogs just once they got a sniff they just kept on going and it, it built and it built and it built and you know Avarillo the dummy half trial where he just IDs that there's one marker and They've held off, and the A defender was way too wide. Just good football, good eyes up play. Karaz throwing that hand grenade across the ground, and Avarillo again kicks through. Shop like the pick at the end of the game to ID Hastings and read that play. Fox drifting back in, picking up the whole runner in Morin on debut. Like, what, what a way to have your debut. He ended up with a, a bad injury, I think, which isn't great. But, yeah, they've just thrown the shackles away. They've broken away from the middle service and Barrett Potsy's obviously simplified things a lot and they're enjoying their football. They're running hard. They had four or five guys, massive meters. Like Vaughney had one eighty. Max King was almost two hundred. Pungai had eight offloads, one hundred and fifty five meters. Fatala Mariner's been excellent on return, one hundred and sixty five. Marshall King, who I still think is criminally underrated, um, had a good game as well and. Even Flanagan's confidence, like you, you said it yourself, the one thing you thought is Potsy has a really good ability with halves or finding the best in halves. And um, when he grabbed that ball, play five, jumped and threw that rainbow pass, I'm like, he would, no way he would have even fucking thought about doing that last year or, you know, five, six weeks ago. So a lot of positives for the Bulldogs, just 
mood and the team and the energy and all the free things we talk about they're doing all that stuff attitude's free and their attitude right now is outstanding yeah I agree um, and for the Tigers poor Noddy I know like you know you get the opportunity to coach a team it's great but I don't know if football's so fun after the last two results or if you really look at this situation now wants that job if he wants to be an NRL coach I don't know if I'm Serrano we said last week I'd want all that money guaranteed and a lot of things going my way but yeah, I'd rather wait for a better job than take the Tigers' job yeah, right now. Simply wouldn't be, wouldn't be taking the job. I wouldn't be taking the Tigers' job. No fucking way. It's um, a yeah, tough night for them. There's no doubt about that. And talk was tonight. I didn't watch 360, uh, but I had a friend and one of my one of my best mates sent me a message saying they're going to drop Brooks this week. Apparently, on return. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's gonna what that gonna solve. Not much, because he's still there next year on the biggest part of his contract. So if you want to just ice him out, that's one thing. But if I'm Luke Brooks and I'm signed for close to a million dollars, I'm not in a rush to go anywhere. No. So you either find a coach and try and get the best out of him for the last season or at least try and finish the year, as I've said before with you, that if you want to get rid of someone, you need him in the shop window. Isn't it interesting that the Tigers just continue to leak, don't they? Like a sieve. Well, and then today... It's Monday night. Well, Luke Brooks is going to get dropped, so... Tyron Peachy's been given, you know, the ability to talk to other clubs already after they signed him on a three-year deal. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been one day after a game and there's already two or three things dropped out the basket. Yeah. So... Yeah. Just, uh, I guess, again, more things like we're saying. Hmm. If you're a coach, you've got to look at all this stuff but there you go that pretty much wraps us up for the reviews of the games and obviously we talk more about New South Wales and Queensland because they've got stability in pretty much the same side but later in the week uh, we'll run through the game in depth and our thoughts um, then break it down and have a look at those internationals and uh, lots of footy still to watch but I'll, I'll reiterate again Thursday night there's the women's under-19s, New South Wales versus Queensland at 5.45. I'm pretty sure that's free-to-air, Fox, NKO, which is excellent. Um, but, yeah, super excited for the under-19s game. I love these junior rep games. I think you know that in particular. Um, but the fact that it's actually getting aired after a couple of years where we haven't been able to watch the 16s or 18s like we do pre-origin and the fact it's actually on TV, this is the sort of shit that they need to do more of. Well, the fact that even our game yesterday, like 41-40, it's an unreal game. It's the second tier below the NRL and no one was no one's going to see it. And you can't access it. You'll see highlights on New South Wales Rugby League Facebook hmm. but or on the website. Even for right. this, though, like... These are your you best should be able, kids. You should be able to click on and watch all the games. Mm. So, this game, like I said, 9K Fox, like this should just be the normal. There's, yeah. there's guys yeah. in this game that are legit going to be absolute guns. Like, we're talking the best of the best coming through. So, Terrell Callow Callow, the one, is at Souths. He's 19. They've dabbled with throwing him in. He's on a long term deal. Paul Alamotti's in the centre, still only 18 for the Bulldogs. Brad Morcos went from the Dragons to Canberra on a three year deal. Tommy Weaver. The Titans kid is playing in the six with the Storms, Jonah Pezzett. Um, Australian schoolboy, Tom Weaver. You know, like Madam Moore, who we coach from the Tigers, is playing front row for New South Wales 19s. Like, how good? Um, Brendan Tumuth on the Balmain side is another very good kid. Trey Mooney, who just debuted. Like, these kids are literally all 18, 19. It's crazy. And on the south side, uh, the Queensland side of things, said it before about 
Brisbane fans, if, if you want to get a glimpse into your future, you watch the number nine, Blake Moser. I said a few weeks ago about the nine they had, and I couldn't think of his name. This is the kid. Um, they've signed him already long-term. If you're a Bulldogs fan, Gus Gould's gone all in on Thomas Duffy. He's going to be playing halfback. He's the kid who come through the Cowboys setup. They won the 19s last year. They want him right now. Um, for Feeder's brother or cousins playing in the centres, Isaiah Ayongi, who plays for Penrith at fullback. This is just stacked with guys that are already in NRL squads. Yeah. And they're 18, 19 years old. If you're looking at some footy, you get down to Aubrey Keach on Friday night. Do that too. Ron Matthew Cup, Manny versus Wendy. That's Gosh right. Match. Have some beers, hurl some abuse. Yeah. Have a good run. And same as these two games. These two games, the women's and men's 19s are both at Leichhardt on Thursday. Um, there's obviously the women's origin Friday down in Canberra. Saturday, New Zealand Tongas at 3.20 or 3 o'clock. And then there's the double header out at Campbelltown, um, Samoa and the Cook Islands and Papua, New Guinea versus Fiji. I think they're 5.30, 7.30 and then finishes off with Origin on Sunday. So there's still plenty of football, but Friday night, Brock's right if you're bored. Come down at Aubrey Keach and have a look. Yep, done. It's 11 o'clock. Let's go to bed. Yeah. 100%. But the last thing, because I didn't do it at the start, and I should have done it because I am half asleep, is bluebet.com.au. There is no one better. Make sure you bet with the true blue Aussie bookie who support us and our charity, Bears of Hope, and the odds they have for the origin. $1.74 favourite still are the New South Wales Blues. The Queensland Maroons are 210 the line at the moment is minus one and a half. One to twelve, the Blues. Two ninety-five, three twenty for Queensland, and thirteen plus for New South Wales is three seventy, five thirty for the Queenslanders. Um, and looking at some of those things that like we always do, first try score, no surprise. All the wingers are at tens. Um, Burton, I like Burton like I like White last time. Centers fourteen dollars. It's not bad. Um, and the man of the match market I don't think I'm going to find any surprises here Cleary $5.50 favourite to bounce back Munster who won it last game $7 Tedesco $7.50 Cherry Evans 8 Yo if he gets a full clean run at the 80 here at $9 I think is good value um, he shortened in a little bit from last time um, Tino at 13 could be a smoky if he plays big minutes 16 bucks, but yeah, there's some of the odds. Brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with anyone, bet with a true blue bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. Penrith Solar Centre. No one better than Jake and the crew there. Visit the website, www.penrithsolar.com.au. 1820 on the phone. The bills are only getting higher, so hit up your supplier. Um, and Sunday, what are we doing? Are we watching the Origin together or what? No idea, mate. No idea. I'll talk to you about that during the week, but I think we should. Sounds good. I think pizza, beer, and football sounds like a winner. Yeah. Something for the punters. But for now, let's go to bed, and we'll be back on Thursday with our Origin preview and a look at the internationals and Origins over the weekend. Boxhead, sleep tight, buddy. And for everybody, enjoy your week, and we'll, we'll speak to you on Thursday. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 